to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Everybody doing good? Glad you came to church tonight. Well, I've got 92 points in my message. We're going for it tonight. Return of the King extended edition. Three and a half hours. No, I'm just joking. Um, firstly, firstly, I think we should thank our worship team who just, wow. Trying very hard to stop crying before I came up tonight. Um, I think they just led us so powerfully uh, tonight if everyone could just stay standing for a moment because I want to read a few scriptures to you if that's okay anyone love the Bible and I think it's sometimes it's just good to stand for the word of God as well and kind of I want to I want to start off tonight with this question who is Jesus to you because you might be here tonight and you might have been following Jesus for decades and you know very well who Jesus is or you might be here maybe for the first time to church tonight and you don't really know who Jesus is and your view or outlook of Jesus is simply what the world has taught you Jesus to be and I I wanted to start tonight by reading some verses in uh, the book of Philippians which in my opinion I think are some of the greatest words ever written about Jesus and kind of the point of tonight is maybe that we might just leave tonight with a different perspective of who Jesus is and that that will change our lives. Um, So are you ready to hear this? It's going to be on the screen behind me. I want you to follow it and just be thinking about that question as I read this. Who is Jesus to you? It says, talking about Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I think we should just take a few seconds to give Jesus some praise. If you're thankful for just one thing that Jesus has done in your life, why don't you give him some praise right now? Amen. Well, I'm going to give you 30 seconds. You can find three people, say hello to them. Maybe ask them how their week's been. And then you can grab a seat. I do most of, uh, I guess, my preaching at youth on Friday nights. Do we have any Icon Youth in the building tonight? Good, good. So um, I'm usually used to a rowdy crowd, so please be rowdy tonight. Like if, you say some th- if I say something you like, please respond with a level of noise, whatever sound just comes to you that you feel like sharing. 
Maybe think about it before you do that though. (laughs) I want to preach around this thought tonight, a different kind of saviour. If you're taking notes in the place, that's, I guess, my title for this talk is a a different kind of saviour. Those those verses I just read in Philippians chapter 2, whenever I, I read those verses, it always takes me back into a moment in my life where I stood in front of my whole year group in school and read these verses out. Uh, it was when I was in, in sixth form, probably 16 years old at the time, and we went on a, a week's retreat as a year group. Uh, and on the last, I think it was the Friday, the last day that we were there, uh, they split us all into, into different groups during the week and we had to do something as a group uh, during that week. And my group on the last morning, the last day of this retreat, got tasked with uh, leading basically a mass. It was a Catholic school I went to. We had to lead uh, just a short mass for the whole year group. And being uh, the group I was in, pretty much everyone in the group knew that I was a Christian, knew that I went to church. So naturally, when we got asked to do this, they all just turned around and looked at me and expected me to do everything. I don't know if you were that kid in school who when you got put in a group, everyone just expected you to do it all few of you in, in here tonight. Uh, so I, everyone kind of expected me to do everything. I can't really remember anything that we came up to do. But what I distinctly remember is I just felt on my heart that I just had to read these words out to my whole year group, maybe a group of 200 students. Uh, and the only reason I can remember for what, why I wanted to read out these verses is because I just knew that I, I wanted my whole year group, many of them not Christians, most of them not involved in church in any way. I just wanted them to get a different perspective of who Jesus is. I, just, I, like I, I knew to an extent who Jesus was in my life and I just wanted people to know that same Jesus. So kind of the goal for tonight, the, the point of this talk tonight is that we would leave here not only knowing how and why Jesus is a different kind of saviour, but we would know how that needs to inform the way that we live our lives. Does that sound good? Uh, I don't know about you, but if I ask you the question, what is your relationship with YouTube like? Do we have any people in the room who are like YouTube addicts, who YouTube instead of sleep like you talk about getting in your eight hours of sleep. These guys get in their eight hours of YouTube every day, probably longer than that. Maybe you're here and you like, you, you never use YouTube at all. Maybe you're a grandparent and the only YouTube you ever see or use is when your grandkids are showing you videos. Uh, well, if you, if you go on YouTube in, in any capacity, I, I wonder if I ask you this question, what are the go-to videos? What are the things when you open the YouTube app or go on YouTube on your computer? What are the videos that you immediately go to? What are the suggested videos that come up when you go on YouTube? I know for someone like uh, Nathan, who's one of the pastors in church, he just watches golf videos on YouTube, which I imagine to most of you sounds like very, very boring. But he tells me it's very interesting. Um, for, for, I mean, for me, just thinking about me, it's probably guitar videos. Like I just... I'm in that generation that learnt guitar by watching YouTube. So if you go on my, like sign into my YouTube, it's just going to be loads of videos of people playing guitar. Uh, but I was thinking about my, my younger sister, Amy, whose go-to videos are epic fail compilations. <laughs> Has anyone ever seen these videos before? 
It's just, just endless compilations of people doing ridiculous thing, things and failing miserably, which sounds quite a, a sadistic thing when you think about it, Amy. In fact, I was uh, out with Amy's husband, my brother-in-law, uh, Nathaniel, before Christmas. And I know that Amy had a load of her friends from school round that she only gets to see every so often. And a few days later, I was chatting with Amy and I was like, oh, I, I had a good time out with Natalie the night. What, what were you doing with your friends? And she was like, oh yeah, we just watched epic fail videos all night. It's like, these friends who you haven't seen for very long time. What a way to spend time. But it's pretty cool. If, if I ask you... Here's the, the kind of the main question I want, I want to ask you from, from all that is, uh, what would be your epic fail in your life? Like if you had to think of a time in your life where you just failed miserably, what's the first thing or maybe a couple of things that come to mind? I know for me, one of the first things that comes to mind when I think about a time in life where I've just failed miserably is a time that I was preaching at youth on this stage and I was doing a message about the Bible, reading the Bible, and just kind of trying to teach our young people in youth why the Bible's, you know, the best book and why it's amazing, why these guys uh, need to, to read it. And during the message, this message I was preaching about the Bible, I, I had this section where I, I was talking about rabbis, Jewish priests, and how the, the, the Bible to them or I think the Old Testament, the Torah that they read is a very, very sacred book. And in fact, it is so sacred to them that if they walked into a room and there was a Bible just lying on the floor, they would be deeply offended by it. So I came up with this, this joke, this gag, that if, if a rabbi walked into the, I put the, my Bible on, on the floor of the stage, and I, I came up with this joke that if a rabbi walked into a room and saw a Bible on the floor, they would just dive on the Bible as if it was a landmine. Like they would be like so just upset that there was a Bible on the floor. The first thing, their natural reaction would be that they would just dive on this Bible to get it up from the ground as quick as possible. So I put my Bible on the floor of the stage and to give this um, illustration a bit more, I, I guess, entertainment value, I dived over on the Bible. And what I didn't take into consideration is back then this stage had, it was painted by gloss paint which basically meant that it was more or less an ice rink up here. So as soon as I dived on the Bible, I started moving at quite a speed. In fact, I moved at such a speed that I went all the way to the end of the stage and there was a very expensive light that was here on the end of the stage and I completely knocked it off. I think I'm going to have to get in, just into position for this because just to deal with the trauma of this. So I was hanging hanging off the side of the stage like this. And you can imagine all the young people were absolutely wetting themselves. I was having a crisis and all, all I could hear was laughter. I hope nobody walks in late to the service right now. And I just remember being in this position thinking, I'm not recovering from this point. This message is ruined. Jesus may have risen from the dead after three days, but I am not recovering from this. But the Holy Spirit got me back up and I managed to finish the message and hopefully it went well. But if you would think of a time in your life where you've just failed miserably, what would be the first thing that came to mind? And I think for most of us, we can think of story after story after story of times in our life where we have failed. 
And I think the, I guess the logical conclusion that we take from that is that failure or failing is an intrinsic part of being human. I could say this, that to be human is to fail, which doesn't sound like a very encouraging thought, but I think it's quite a freeing thought because when we realise that part of being human is failing, then we actually realise that we can, in order to achieve something great in life, it's going to require some failing. What could we really achieve in our lives without failing? You know, I think we have a kind of a, an interesting relationship with failure as humans. And, you know, I guess a lot of us could relate tonight that we try and avoid failure as much as we can. So many human beings are dead scared of failure. We, we try and remove it from our lives. We try and erase it from our DNA as human beings. We try and avoid failure as best as we can in our lives. And I think that's quite an understandable thing but only for the people who don't know Jesus. For people who do know Jesus, we should know that actually failure is an important part of life. So now that we know that, we should know this. Why are we trying to avoid failure when we have Jesus the Saviour with us? Why are we trying to avoid failure when we have Jesus the Saviour, with us. See, the truth is, Jesus hasn't saved us from failure. Jesus doesn't stop us from failing. That would be kind of a, a cheap message, really, if I gave that message tonight, that actually we can live our lives and never fail because Jesus is our Saviour. I, I kind of wish I could say that, but I can't say that because we are human beings as I've said, failure is just a part of being human. If we're going to achieve anything in life, it's going to require some failing. But actually, when we think about Jesus as the Saviour, it's even better. It's even better than that. Jesus, because Jesus doesn't just save us, He doesn't save us from failing. What Jesus saves us from is the end that we deserve. And that is so, so, so much better than if Jesus just stopped us from failing. He has saved us from the end that we deserve. He has saved us from our sin. He has saved us from what our sins deserve. So now, that, now, now we know that Jesus has saved us from the end that we deserve. We know that our end is ultimately good. In the end, no matter what happens in our life, because Jesus has saved us from the end that we deserve, that means that our end is good no matter what. Because Jesus saved us. So if we, if we know that our end is ultimately good, then that should really change the way that we view our lives. Because if we know the end's good, then the question really should be, okay, my end's good. What can I do in my life now? The end is good. Jesus has saved me. No matter what happens, the end's good. I'm going to be with Jesus. My end is life with Jesus. My end is the kingdom of heaven. My end is eternal life. So I have all this incredible life that God has blessed me with. And the question is for us tonight, what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? 
Why wouldn't we be willing to fail in order to achieve something in life? Uh, there's a verse in, in Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, which talks about a righteous man who falls seven times, fails seven times, but he gets back up again. And I think the reason that this righteous man is able to get up and go again after failing and falling seven times is because he knows that he has a saviour. He knows what kind of saviour is on his side. So he knows that his end isn't going to be falling. His end isn't going to be ultimate failure. His end is going to be life with Jesus. So he just keeps getting up again and going again because he knows that Jesus is his saviour. There's another story about Peter in the Gospels, uh, one of Jesus' disciples. And all the disciples are on a boat in a lake. You might have heard this story before. And Jesus walks up to the boat on the water. And as Jesus is approaching uh, the boat while walking on the water, which is just a mad thing to think about on its own, when Peter sees him, Peter crazily makes this decision that he wants to go and join Jesus out on the water. And he asked, Jesus said, Jesus, if it is you, ask me to come to you. And what does Peter do? Oh, Jesus says, yes, come to me. And Peter climbs out the boat, walks on the water, does something that I don't think anyone in this room has ever witnessed anybody ever do this. But uh, Peter is able to do this, not because he knows he isn't going to fail. He does it because he knows Jesus is at the end. He does it because he knows what kind of saviour is there on the water waiting for him. What could we do and achieve in our lives if we knew what kind of saviour we have? Have have you ever heard this question? Maybe you've been asked this question before. What would you do if you knew you could never fail? Has anyone ever heard that question before? I think it's a good question in terms of it's good because it gets us dreaming about what we could do if we knew we couldn't fail. But I actually think that's probably the wrong way to ask that question because the truth is we're going to fail. doesn't matter what we try and achieve, there's going to be some failure on that journey. So I think we need to change the way we ask that question to this. What would you try if you knew what kind of saviour you have? The question shouldn't be, what could you do if you knew you couldn't fail? The question should really be, what would you try and do if you knew what kind of saviour you have. I want you to write this down. If we believed more in Jesus' ability to save, we would be more prepared to embrace our humanity. And what I mean by that is, if we just believed more in Jesus' ability to save us when we fall down, we would be prepared to embrace our humanity of just knowing failure is just a part of life. And I know if I'm going to do anything great with my life, there's going to be failure on the way. There's going to be times I'm going to fall. But I know I have a saviour, a different kind of saviour on my side. That no matter how many times I fall, Jesus is there to pick me up again. And I know that my end is good because Jesus has saved me from the end that I deserve. Amen. I guess kind of the goal of tonight is that our faith would be lifted in order to try something new in our lives. Our kind of vision for this year as a church, which Paul shared a few weeks ago, is what, see what God can do 
through you. I've got it on my Bible. I don't know about you if you've got that sticker as well. See what God can do through you. And if we're going to see God do anything through our lives, it's going to, what it requires of us is to not be afraid of failing anymore, but actually embrace our humanity, embrace the fact that we're going to fail and actually start believing and putting our faith in Jesus, our saviour, who is ready to do something incredible through us, who is ready to pick us up when we fall down and who is looking after us, who is our saviour, who is ready and willing to do something powerful in our lives. So is anyone ready to have their faith lifted tonight in order to try something new this year, in order to see what God can do through us this year? So I just, I wanna finish tonight just by thinking about that question, how is Jesus a different kind of saviour and how that informs our faith? How that actually, knowing what kind of saviour Jesus is, actually helps us to step out in faith and do something new. So the first one tonight, how is Jesus a different kind of saviour? He is an eternal saviour. He is an eternal saviour. Write this down. We can step out in faith because he goes before us. We can step out in faith because Jesus goes before us. See, we know that Jesus is an eternal saviour. We know that Jesus has been saviour forever and will forever be saviour because his name is saviour. That is his name. Let's look at, I want to look at two verses in Isaiah chapter 43. The first one is verse 3. I just want to look at the first bit. This is God speaking. He says, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. Jesus is declaring, God is declaring in this verse who he is. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. And then in verse 11, God goes on to say, I am the Lord your God and besides me there is no Saviour. God is declaring to us that he is Saviour. Saviour is not a title we gave Jesus. He has always been Saviour. He has been Saviour before the foundations of the earth. He was Saviour when Jesus walked on the, on the earth and gave his life and died on a cross for our sins. And he has been Saviour forever since then, up to this point, And he will be Saviour forever. Not just because he died on a cross. I mean, that's kind of the the ultimate kind of example of Jesus as saviour. But he is saviour first and foremost because saviour is his name. It is who he is. I saw, I saw this tweet this week, uh, which the guys can throw up on the screen, which I thought was really interesting. I don't know if I kind of agree with the theology or not. I don't know if it's wrong or incorrect, but it just got me thinking. And it's about a, a Swiss theologian called Karl Barth. Uh, and the tweet went like this. When asked by uh, an American evangelical when he was saved, which if you don't know what that question means, is basically when someone makes a decision to follow Jesus, most people see that as the, the moment you're saved. But I thought uh, Carbos' answer to this was quite interesting. He, he was asked when he was saved, Carbos said 33 AD, which I, I like to think I'm fairly good at history. Um, so I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure when Carl uh, Barth said this, he was referring to the year of Jesus' death, the moment Jesus died. He was saying that the, the moment I was saved is the moment Jesus died on the cross. And I wanted to share that because it got me thinking about the fact that Jesus 
isn't just saviour today, but he has been saviour forever. Since before the foundations of the earth, he has been saviour. So when we think about that, let's go back to the statement I made at the start of this point. We can step out in faith because he goes before us. We can step out in faith because he's always been saviour. It's who he is. It's who he is. We think about, I talked about Peter earlier when he stepped out on the water and walked towards Jesus. He goes before us. We have some water to walk on. We have some crazy, daring things that God wants us to do with our lives. But we can do it knowing that Jesus goes before us. We can step out in faith because Jesus goes before us. We can see what God can do through us this year because Jesus goes before us. Anyone believe that tonight? Amen, amen. Okay, secondly, why is Jesus a different kind of saviour? He is a sacrificial saviour. He is a sacrificial saviour. Write this one down. We can step out in faith because he took our end. We can step out in faith because he took our end. Jesus came to take our place. I just want to read quickly Romans chapter 5 verse 8 which says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The cross is what we deserve for our sin. But Jesus stepped out of heaven, stepped on the cross, took our place. He is a sacrificial saviour. And we can step out in faith because he, he took our end. And the reason we can step out in faith because he took our end is because we know that our end is ultimately good, which we, we talked about earlier. But knowing that our end is ultimately good, that means that, we should have the faith to try some things in life. We should have the faith to step out and just do something. I don't just mean do anything, but I want you to think about what dreams you have in your life. What are the things you want to achieve? What are the things you want to do? Well, I want to encourage you, and I really believe God wants to encourage every single one of us tonight by telling us and maybe reminding some of us that he took our end. So our end is good. Our end is life with Jesus. Our end is eternal life. Our end is the kingdom of heaven. So we can have the faith to try and, you know, achieve our dreams in life. Try and do something. Try and, uh, and just allowing God to do something through us because we know that it is not going to end in defeat. It's not going to end in death. It's not going to end in destruction. It's going to end in life with Jesus. So we should have the faith to step out. Because he is a sacrificial saviour. And then lastly tonight, why is Jesus a different kind of saviour? He's a perfect saviour. He's a perfect saviour. There's no fault in his character. Lastly, I just want you to write this down. We can step out in faith because he is the perfecter of our faith. We can step out in faith because he's the perfecter of our faith. And this really comes from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And let's listen to what it says. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
I love these words because it tells us that Jesus is the founder and the perfecter of our faith. What that tells us is that our faith isn't perfect. But what is imperfect about our faith, Jesus perfects in himself. So we can step out in faith because he is the perfecter of our faith. And when it comes to stepping out in faith, it can be daunting because so often in life, we just feel like we don't have enough faith. I don't know if you've ever just been in a season of life, you know, where you, you knew you needed to do something, maybe quite a drastic thing, and you, you were just scared you didn't have the faith to do it. Well, the encouraging thing about Jesus is that Jesus just doesn't leave us to the faith that we have. Actually, he adds what we can't have ourselves. He perfects the imperfections in our faith and actually he gives us the faith we need in order to do the things that he has called us to do I want to read one more verse tonight in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 14 in the message translation and I just I love Eugene Peterson who wrote the message translation I love the words that he uses in this verse let's listen to what it says it was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some very imperfect people. By that single offering, he did everything that needed to be done for everyone who takes part in the purifying process. The Holy Spirit confirms this. It was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some very imperfect people. See, the truth about Jesus is that he corrects the imperfections within us. What is imperfect about your life is perfected in the life of Jesus. I want to finish tonight just by talking about a story uh, which happened sometime last year. And I, I imagine many of you would, may have heard about it because it was uh, in the news and the video of this thing went viral across the internet. And it was uh, basically a, a lady who was being charged for murder in America. She'd gone home one night, went into the wrong house, basically. And the man who lived there, who was in the house, she assumed he was an intruder. So she pulled out a gun and and shot the guy and killed him. So she was obviously charged charged for murder. And uh, while she was in court facing trial, um, the brother of the guy who was murdered was making a statement to the judge and he asked the judge if he could do something just crazy, something really radical. He wanted to go and hug the lady um, who had murdered his brother. And the reason why he wanted to do that is just to, to show forgiveness, basically. And I don't know if I, I'd have showed the video tonight, but I didn't want everyone crying because it's quite an emotional and heavy and powerful thing. But what it shows us is the power of forgiveness the power of one human forgiving another. And I don't know if you saw any of the, the buzz about this video on social media at the time, uh, but I, I saw someone uh, write this on Twitter, uh, he, who's a pastor in America, and it just really stood out to me when I read it. It just hit me like a tramer and I read it. What he said was this, that forgiveness like we see in this story is only possible because of the forgiveness we saw when Jesus died on a cross. And I want to say to all of us tonight that the greatness that we can achieve, that we can 
achieve in our lives is only possible because of the greatness of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. He is a perfect Saviour. Why don't we all stand to our feet in this place? We're going to worship Jesus again because He deserves it. I just want to end tonight by saying, what can God do through you? What have you got faith to believe for tonight? What dreams have you got in your life right now? Well, Jesus is our Saviour. Our end is good. So we can have the faith to step out and achieve something. We can have the faith to step out and do something. We can have the faith to see and believe and say to God, God, I'm ready. I'm available. See what you can do through me. See what God can do through our lives. So we're going to worship again. And I want to finish where we started. And I want to read these verses again from Philippians chapter 2. But I want, them, I want us to hear them, read them, think about them tonight with a new perspective of who Jesus is. A different kind of Saviour. He is an eternal Saviour. He is a perfect Saviour. He is a sacrificial Saviour. So let's listen to this together. Jesus, though He was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Come on church, let's give Jesus some praise. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.